When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Friday night edition of Catfish on Ice. We don't get to say that very often. Welcome in, everybody. This is episode 181 of Catfish on Ice podcast with Chad Minton and Kyle Perkins. As we're getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs here, it's off-season, off-season edition here for the National Predators. Uh, Kyle, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. I've been enjoying the... Nice warm weather we've been having up here in Kentucky. Nothing like what you've got down there, but mm. enjoying the sun a little bit. Got a little rosy cheek action. Yeah, you do. On. You do got some rosy cheeks over there, man. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm working on Santa Claus. So. There you go, man. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. Even Kentucky deserves a little sun, right? Why does yeah. Florida get to st- Why does Florida get to steal everyone's sunshine? Like, it should, sunshine should be for everybody, right? Let's let's normalize sunshine here. Like, uh, Kentucky deserves all the sunshine that they want, so I'm glad you're getting a little sunshine. Because um, honestly, I could give you a little bit because we have too much down here, probably. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, guys. Here's what we're getting into: Episode 181 of Catfish on Ice. Obviously, it is the offseason for the Predators, but we are in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now for the NHL, and it never disappoints. It's it's why we all love it. Even if your team's not in it, you cannot turn away from the Stanley Cup playoffs if you're a hockey fan. It is not disappointed through the first couple games of each series. Kyle, have you been watching it, man? We're going to get into what's really sticking out to us right now, but Kyle... What are you thinking so far about the playoffs? A lot of good games. I mean, yeah, man. I, I was, I had the Kings to beat the Oilers, and then when they actually beat the Oilers that first game, yeah, um, I was very surprised. And then Florida actually putting up a fight against Boston. Yeah, is, good for them, man. I'm, I'm sure that's what's happening with Rich. He's probably sitting there. Just kind of freaking out right now because Florida's coming back on them in yeah. like the last well, few so, minutes of the game. <laughs> so our co-host Rich cannot make it tonight. We normally don't record on a Friday night. We normally record early in the week. First of all, everybody, going to give you a fair warning. Friday night, Chad, is a lot different from Monday night, Chad. I have a full pint of beer with me. I'm not ashamed to admit it. We are going to get through this episode tonight. Weekend Chad's a lot different, everybody. All right. Fast so and loose take, on uh, take that for what <laughs> take that for what you will. It's a Friday night edition. It's off season edition. I have a lot of opinions that you may or may not agree with, and that's okay about this off season coming up for the Predators. And we are going to get into that about what Barry Trotz had to say in his opening press conference. Uh, officially, he doesn't take over till July first. We get that, but we all know. 
that's all official stuff. He is already in charge here, people. All right. I, I'm tired of being corrected on social media. Um, actually, he doesn't take over to July 1st. I get that. All right. But he is already running things right now. And David, David Poyle. Poyle <laughs> he's not Poyle. magically gone on July 1st. Yeah. He's still a consultant. So Absolutely. he's still around. Those two are, I don't want to say peas in a pod, but they are definitely very close. And David oh, Poyle is going to be giving all of his advice to Barry Trotz, and Barry Trotz is going to be very welcoming of that. So all of these people who criticize David Poyle, and hey, I'm friends with all of you. I, I care about all of your opinions. But just pump the brakes a little bit on thinking that magically, because Barry Trotz is now the GM, that all of a sudden we're not going to get some of the same David Poyle tendencies that you hate so much. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's give it some time before we really see a dramatic shift in how this organization operates. And I don't even know what some people think they're hoping for at this point. But we're going to get into that. That press conference was very interesting. He was very forthcoming. He was very genuine, I thought. Can't wait to talk about some of the quotes that I took from it, what Kyle thought from it as well. Top storylines from the playoffs so far. Um, Kyle, that Minnesota Wild Dallas Stars series, can't Ooh. get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. Excellent yeah. series. And, and what about the guy from Winnipeg who had the 75 stitches yeah, on his face? We got to talk about that too. Yeah, we got to talk about that too. Yeah, for sure. That was – that was pretty crazy for sure. We're going to talk about the offseason outlook. We got to talk about, you know, the Predators, they don't have a ton of free agents this offseason, but there's still a lot to talk about here in, in terms of you got two big restricted free agents you got to take care of and Cody Glass and Alexander Carrier. We're going to discuss what we think a contract should look like for them. We are going to discuss uh, Mark Borowiecki. He is an unrestricted free agent, one of the, one of the few. He's the only UFA on the active roster for the Predators. That is actually kind of rare to go into an offseason and only have one UFA on the books, on your active roster. You've got some UFAs in your prospect system you got to address, but Mark Borowiecki is your only UFA. So I kind of want to talk about that because he is such an important person to this organization for many reasons. So I want to get into that. Some other things that have come up, down the pipeline a little bit, Devin Cooley has changed agents. I don't know if you saw that, Kyle. That came out like a couple hours ago. I had not saw that. That's he has changed. He is uh, Pret's prospects. He used to be with um, on the forecheck and SB Nation. Now he's joined Penalty, Penalty Box Radio. Uh, Pret's prospects, one of the best followers you can have if you want to know what's going on with all of our prospects in the Predator system. He quote tweeted. So basically, Devin Cooley has gotten the same agent who runs Andre Vasilevsky is the main goalie that this agent represents. So we got to mm. touch into that a little bit, uh, Kyle. If you want to kind of look at that tweet before yeah, we get to that, we're gonna we're gonna discuss Ryan Johansson's future. I feel like people are not talking enough about the. I don't want to sound really mean here because I appreciate everything Ryan Johansson's done. For the Predators, but he kind of feels like the the outsider here going into the offseason. 
And it's going to tie into a quote that Barry Trotz had in his press conference. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. Maybe Kyle thinks I'm reading a little too much into it. But Barry Trotz had something very, very interesting in his press conference to say about veterans. And I can really only tie it to one veteran. That's Ryan Johansson. So we will do that. That's what we got in store for episode 181, Friday night edition. Presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN. We'll tell you more about DraftKings later in this episode, our amazing sponsor um, that you got to get a part of and sign up with the promo code THPN to get all these amazing offers. All right, Kyle, let's dive into our opening face-off. That's the off-season outlook for the Nashville Predators. What is your biggest storyline for you, Kyle, going into the off-season? Is it all the draft picks the Preds have? Is it Cody Glass and Alexander Carrier? What are you most focused on about this National Predators team? As we are in the offseason, the playoff streak's over. We're not in the big dance this year. It's kind of a weird feeling. But you see some of these really talented teams and how fast they are. And you're like, could we hang in these series? Probably not. So... How, what, what are you thinking, Kyle? What are you thinking, man, going into this offseason? It's a loaded question, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm probably going to lean more to the glass and carrier contracts. I, I really think those are going to be important. And uh, that shows you a lot of what they're thinking for the future of this club. Uh, glass especially, uh, but I think a lot of people overlook Carrier and how well he played, especially minutes with Yossi. And when him and Eckholm played together, he played extremely well. Um, yeah, there's just those two guys are young guys who could be sort of foundational pieces moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think those two contracts are extremely important uh glass's contract right now is like no money pretty much he's eight hundred and seventy four thousand is his contract he uh, earned his he he earned himself a a payday and uh carrier's even less he's seven hundred and thirty three so yep. both of these guys deserve raises it's just gonna depend on how much they're willing yep. to pay, and you really so don't want to lose gonna, either of them. <laughs> we're going to expand more on what we think contracts could look like for each of these players later in this episode, but that is a just in this opening face-off segment here of episode 181. That is a good point. So for me, in this offseason, my biggest focus point right now is on the 13 draft picks and how does Barry Trotz, in his first draft as an NHL man- general manager, this is his first go-around, as a g- general manager of a team, a franchise, they gave him his first NHL head coaching gig. He's getting a first with this franchise in two different ways. As a head coach, back in 1998, now as a general manager. He cares about this franchise. He cares about this community. He 
has 13 draft picks that David Poyle worked his magic at the trade deadline. You can have all the criticism in the world that you want about David Poyle. A lot of it is deserved. But that man went out there and gave Barry Trotz some pieces to work with. You can't argue that. You cannot argue that. You're not being honest with yourself if you're not going to say that. So I want to see what Barry Trotz does in this draft with all those draft picks. He's not going to use all 13 draft picks. He is going to maneuver. He's going to move around. I want to see if he decides to move up in this draft and make a power move because this draft class is loaded with offensive Mm -hmm. talent. Wingers. Wingers galore. And that's exactly what you need in this pipeline right now. You've already got a lot of it. Let's build on it. Let's get more of those types of players. So I I can't wait to see. Obviously, the draft is in Nashville, so that makes it even more intriguing. But I want to see how Barry Trotz – it's just natural. I keep wanting to say David Poyle. I want to see how Barry Trotz handles 13 draft picks. That's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know if I've ever been more intrigued by an NHL draft than I am about this draft this 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 coming summer with 13 oh, draft big, picks. It's a big deal. I mean, very big deal. Absolutely. I think he I think he definitely maneuvers and works his way up in the first round to get the prospect that he wants. I'm sure the scouts for the National Predators are working around the clock right now to figure out who do we want really bad? Who do we like like so much that we cannot risk? Of course, we got to wait for the draft lottery to see exactly where the Predators are going to pick. They have a 0.5% chance of landing the number one pick. What do you think about those chances, Kyle? I think they're pretty low. So you're telling me there's a chance, just like the playoff odds going down the stretch of the season. Now we're in the same boat for Connor Bedard. I mean, they're going to probably pick between 10 and 15, right? I mean, that's kind of like where they're going to Yeah. Win. So yeah. that's an okay spot. This draft class is, like, I, like I've been saying, and we're going to do a whole draft episode later the, when it gets closer, it's loaded with a lot of offensive talent. So I'm not really so worried about where they pick, but if there's a certain player they really, really like, they're going to move up to the top 10 if, if if it presents itself. They'll deal yeah. one of those second-round picks to get the player they want. Yeah. So that's kind of what I am most I, – I can't – I don't think the Preds have ever had this many picks in a draft. You know, like, I'm used to the pre- – there was that one year, I think it was 2018, the Predators didn't pick till like, the fourth round or something crazy. So, mm-hmm. you had all those years where the Predators were all in. They were they were trying to win a Stanley Cup. They had all their veterans. They had all their ducks in a row. The, the table has turned. Now, they're loading up on draft picks. They're trying to do what the fan base has been begging them to do for years. So it's, it's an exciting time. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, it's still 
an exciting time if you're looking at it for the long term. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I just uh, uh, read something about one of the prospects that could drop to around Nashville, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Vay Mitchkov. Yeah. Um, that kid's something else, but his contract in Russia runs through 2026. Ooh. But he is the same level of player as a Bedard. There you go. So, but they're still predicting him to get drafted, even with that contract. But this is why you want to build draft capital here, because you hold more of the cards. You have more leverage. You have more negotiating power when you're talking to these other GMs. So, if you're Barry Trotz in your first draft ever as general manager, you've got these chips to play here. You can dangle that second-round pick out there. If there's a player you really like and you really want, and you can move yourself into the top 10, which is a really strong position to be in Mm -hmm. in this year's draft class. So I think the Predators are going to make a power move. I think that they're going to be one of the most – they're going to have some of the most power in this draft this year. Not only because they're hosting it, that's just perfect timing, but because they're – They've got some some leverage here. They've got some some chips to play, and they can go out and hopefully their scouts do the job that they got to do to pick the right guy. Obviously, it's not a perfect science, but I the Predators are going to be able to get who they want. Is my point I'm trying to make right now? They're going to get who they want, most likely. Short of Connor, um, I think whoever gets that first pick um, is going to take him. Regardless of, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's I, that's a foregone conclusion. But top five, top ten, I don't think is out of the question at all. And is definitely deep top the, ten, definitely yeah. top ten. They can work their way into the top ten for sure. Uh, we have to wait and see what the NHL draft lottery results do, but um, they can get themselves into the top ten and get themselves a generational type of talent this year. Um, um, with all the with those thirteen draft picks that they have, with how that normally goes, I predict the Oilers will get the number one pick. Um, oh God! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. All right. Um, with that said, let's move on here in episode one eighty one. First of all, I plan on going to the NHL draft. I'm not going to miss that for anything, even though I live down in Florida now. I will be making the road trip back to my hometown of Nashville to go to the NHL draft. So I haven't even seen how tickets are for this thing. They haven't they released, released them yet. Yeah, they haven't released them yet. But I will be there for that. I am not missing that for anything. I will be there. Uh, name your price is kind of how I feel. I will be there for that. Um, can't wait for it. Um, don't know if I'll be there for the NHL awards. That's a few days before the draft happens, mm-hmm. but I will definitely be there for the draft. So anyone, any of our viewers or listeners, let us know in the comments, if you're going to be plan on attending the NHL draft, would love to meet some of you. Uh, Cause I think it's going to be a, a really good time. I know the predators have already announced that they're trying to do an indoor outdoor type of thing. Basically, you know, so a lot of it will be inside Bridgestone arena, one of the best arenas in the world, mm-hmm. but 
they're going to be trying to do some fun things outside the arena as well. So stay tuned for that. They haven't released a lot of the details yet on it, but I'm sure those things will be coming out soon. And of course, all the tickets and all that stuff will come out soon as well. So plan on doing that. Cannot wait for that to come back home for a little bit and do the NHL draft. Uh, so yeah, let's dive into Barry Trotz's press conference. He did that this past Monday. We're recording this episode on a Friday. So a few days ago was when Barry Trotz did his kind of introductory press conference, kind of made it official type of thing. Uh, uh, kind of laid out his vision of what he is thinking about. Thought there were a lot of really good, honest and unfiltered things that he had to say. Very honest. I don't think it was, I don't think it was a lot of cookie cutter type of stuff. He said, uh, I appreciated that. Um, he, he was very honest about the fact that there's a huge gap between the predators and some of these elite teams we're watching about watching in the Stanley Cup playoffs. A lot of the teams we're about to talk about in the next segment when we kind of talk about what the playoffs are happening right now. But Kyle, kind of tell me some of the things that you really liked that you heard from Barry Trotz, or maybe some things that kind of caught you off guard. Nobody's safe. That was it. the yep. biggest takeaway that I mm-hmm. got from his whole press conference was. There is nobody safe on that roster. You will move down lines or you will find a new home. I love it. Yep. And kind of goes back to his famous thing. He told Matias Ekholm back in the day was, if you're scared, get a dog. Uh, (laughs) Quit playing hockey, get a dog. Um, So I don't think Barry's going to take many prisoners uh, when it comes to setting up this roster. and all of his praise for the young guys. Um, those were the two biggest takeaways. And speed. He mentioned speed specifically. You have mm-hmm. to be fast. He said we got to get faster. Yep. So, I like that. And that like makes that me, you know, that that was the big one that stood out to me as well. A lot of things you just mentioned, Kyle, were the things, same things that stood out to me as well. Uh, the speed thing. So, we all kind of understand that as fans, as viewers of the of the National Predators on a regular basis. We realize that a lot of times the Predators get exposed when they play these really fast teams. These teams that live off the rush. These teams that just keep coming at you relentlessly. Teams like the Hurricanes, teams like the Avalanche. We saw the Avalanche in the last game of the season. And I know it didn't mean anything. I know the Predators had nothing to play for in theory. Like they couldn't make the playoffs no matter what happened. They could keep the Avalanche from winning the Central Division in that game. And that game was actually pretty damn close for a while. Yeah, but you know they they got this guy named uh, Nathan McKinnon who is um not even on this planet the way he plays. Did you watch that game, Kyle? Dude, that dude is like oh he's he's insane. If Connor McDavid was not in the NHL, Nathan McKinnon would be the only one getting talked. So about. am I am I crazy to say that I think that Nathan McKinnon is actually underrated? Yes, because I think he is. I agree. I don't. I don't think people talk about him enough. 
I agree. Uh, he's he does everything well. I mean, he, he just, single-handedly won that game against the Predators in that oh, yeah. season finale. Yeah, he was just like, hold on, y'all. I know half the team ain't playing, but I'm going to do this on my own. Uh, yeah. I mean, the guy's just that good. And, and I, like you say, I don't think he gets talked about enough. It's only basically McDavid and Matthews that you ever really hear about. The inner, so. the really close inner NHL circles, yeah, of course they talk about him. I'm talking about like the broad, like casual. For how good he is and how spectacular he is, he does not get talked up, talked no. enough about. So I want to give my credit to him it, when we're talking about the season finale against the Abs. The Preds hung in that game just like they've done mm-hmm. all year, just like they've done all year with a. I don't want to call it a scrap lineup because that's disrespectful to the Evangelistas and the Sherwoods and the Novaks. They're not a scrap lineup. But what I'm trying to say is the Predators had to throw together a group of young, unproven players down the stretch. And even in that season finale, even though nothing was on the line for the Predators, they never they stopped still- fighting. Dude, they went toe-to-toe with the Avs. They did. And I know the Avs sat some players as well They did, and, and whatnot, but the Avs had a lot to play for in that game. They weren't just like going to that game like nothing mattered. So Nathan McKinnon happened, and that's all well and good, and that's fine. Like You can tip your cap and be like, okay, we lost to Nathan McKinnon, basically. But I... I was very happy with coming out of that game, even though they lost for the Predators from the Predators standpoint. Um, that's, I can be, it sucked to lose, but I'm happy with ending the season that way. Um, and you just tip your cap that Nathan McKinnon beat you, I guess. Um, I don't know, but um, yeah, Vic- I, go ahead. V- Victor Arvidsson just got hurt. Uh, I hate to hear that. Yeah. We got Friday night hockey here going on, NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you got the Wild. They just jumped ahead 1-0. We're at the first intermission. Wild up on the Stars. one nothing. That series, dude, has been brutal. It's been a bloodbath. Those oh, fan bases those fan bases literally hate each other. I have been sitting back with my popcorn. You know the memes that people like to share when someone oh, just- sits back with their popcorn. Oh my God, those two fan bases on social media have been going at each other ruthlessly. I have a lot of friends and a lot of accounts that I follow on both sides. I think they're both very passionate fan bases. Don't have anything ill to say about either fan base. But you know the whole story of the North Stars. Minnesota fans don't like Texas fans so much because you stole our team. And I can't blame them for that. I get that. Minnesota fans, that's a hockey state. That's college hockey, youth hockey. I mean, that is like a hockey state. And they don't like Southern hockey. So in that sense, I kind of lean with the Stars because they don't like Nashville and Tennessee hockey either. So from the Southern standpoint, I kind of want to side with the Stars because Minnesota fans are hitting that low-hanging fruit of, oh, you're not even a real hockey state. How many junior hockey clubs do you have? How many NHL players from your state do you have? I'm like, come on, guys. That is low-hanging fruit. Don't want to hear it. So I'm kind of like torn on which team I want to pull for in this series. What are you thinking, Kyle? Who are you pulling for if you have to pick? 
Well, it's hard to say I'm pulling for either of them. Well, you got to pick, man. I'm making you pick. If I pick with my head, it's Dallas. So, all right. But then again, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm I'm tough too. But I'm I'm 55 percent Minnesota, and that's only because of one, the Mark Andre Fleury effect. That's what I was about to say. Was I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Andre go for another run, but. I like Ryan Hartman. I loved Ryan Hartman when he played for the Preds in his very, very short amount of time. Uh, the Wild don't have a cup. The Stars do. Um, I don't know, man. Like, And I'm still kind of bitter about 2019 and how the Stars knocked us out. That was like the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the end for this Preds run, their Stanley Cup window. Yeah. It slammed shut. This Dallas Stars, ladies and gentlemen, slammed the Stanley Cup window shut for the National Predators in 2019. So I'm still a little bitter about that. So I'm like, so like, that's why I love this first round series so much because I really can't hate either of the teams. Mm -hmm. I can't really pull for either of the teams. I just want to see a great series. And it's got seven written all over it. It really does. There's a lot of these that are looking like seven. Well, all all so all four series in the Western Conference are tied one one going into Friday yep. night. That's yep. pretty cool. That's that's great for the NHL. I know the NHL loves that. Um, I still got the Stars winning in seven. We're gonna reveal our original Stanley Cup brackets that we that we made on the really crappy NHL bracket challenge app that glitches out for everybody. But uh, I just we, remade because mine didn't take. <laughs> dude, it took. Dude, I'm not even exaggerating. It took me like three hours to complete this bracket. Not because I didn't know who I wanted to pick, but because the NHL doesn't even know how to do a freaking sports app. We're in 2023, and the NHL doesn't even know how to do a, a fantasy bracket pick them. I was picking brackets for March Madness in like 2010 when I was graduating college and it worked out just, and it worked out just fine. There was no glitches. It worked out. And here we are in 2023 and the NHL can't even like on their own website, NHL.com. They can't even put out a bracket challenge that doesn't glitch out. It's pathetic, but it's the NHL It's right on par. But I think, I think I got my bracket submitted. I do. So I'll, we'll share it on the screen. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Barry Trotz's par- press conference, though. Another thing, Kyle, you brought up that I'm totally on on uh, course with with you is the uh, veterans on notice. One and specifically. I, yeah, the elephants in the room here, everybody. I mean, if you look at the roster right now, the roster that's on the books going into 2023-24, I mean, There's when you're talking – There's a lot of centers – I mean, guys, when you're talking, let's let's just be honest about it here. When you're talking about veterans that are actually untouchable, a lot of them already got traded away, except for one, Ryan Johansson. Matt Duchesne is not going anywhere, anybody. He's not. He's not going anywhere. Not right now. He's not. He's played too well. Yeah, 
Philip Forsberg's not going anywhere. Colton Sissons, probably not going anywhere. He would have if they were getting rid of Colton Sissons, it would have been at the trade deadline. Getting rid of Colton Sissons would be the dumbest things this team has done in a long time. Uh, Yeah, exactly. He's not going anywhere. I thought it was possible he might get dealt at the trade deadline, and I was very happy to see that didn't happen. But when when he that's what I'm saying. So when you talk about veterans, when you talk about what Barry Trot said, in terms of that, it was very cryptic. It was ve- he didn't mention Ryan Johansson by name, and I'm not putting words in Barry Trotz's mouth per se. Like I'm not trying to say he said anything he didn't say, but I'm just going to go with a straight quote from the Preds official website. Of what he said. Quote. Some of the older players. May not get. Some of the minutes. That they did in the past. So they've got to. Sort of remake themselves. A little bit. And find their role. Okay. So when you break down that quote. Maybe he is directing that to the entire roster in terms of veterans, but there's not that many veterans that, to really direct it to when you really look at the roster. I mean, they got young. They got young down the stretch, and when you look at the roster next year, I don't know how much the roster is really going to change aside from maybe adding a free agent here and there. So that that really seems directed at Ryan Johansson more than anyone. Yep. Well, uh, didn't he say Ryan was going to have to have the best summer of his life? He did. He did. That was. And I I mean. mean, And I'm a Ryan Johansson fan. I, I, I really like him. I think he's a great dude. I would love to sit down and have some beers with Ryan Johansson. That sounds like a great time to me. Yeah. But he. Barry came out and said, how does he get that half a second back? And it's really unfortunate, like this whole skate blade incident. I mean, that's like a really odd injury to suffer. And, you know, one thing about Ryan Johansson is that people forget is he's got a physical element to his game. So for a John Hines system, Ryan Johansson is a prototypical type of center. Because he does check hard. He doesn't take flack from anyone. He's actually a pretty physical center. That dude doesn't take anything from anybody. He doesn't fight, but he he checks hard. He's mm-hmm. a big body. He fits the Heinz system perfectly. Um, and he's a great veteran. I mean, he is. He's a good leader in the locker room. He's the type of player you want. But you got to make tough decisions in this business. Sometimes you got to let players go that are great locker room guys, but you know what? You just don't fit our vision anymore. So if there's one really crazy, like jaw dropping move that happens this off season, it's going to be that Barry Trotz finds a somehow finds a trade partner for Ryan Johansson. Yep. That's going to be the only really jaw-dropping move that happens this offseason. I could see him adding a very low-key, like, free agent maybe somewhere. I don't think he's going to go swinging for the fences or anything. But other than that, I mean, it's really about if you do keep Ryan Johansson into 2023-24, 
Is he going to be on the third line? Probably. I don't think you can put him in the top six necessarily. I mean, who are you going to take out of their spot to put him back? Tommy Novak, who's came up and proved what he can do. Cody Glass, who's proved what he can do. So those are your top two centers going into 2023-24? I don't Novak. even know because you've got Parsonen as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got three guys who arguably deserve to be in the top six. And then you have Colton Sissons, who's your next best center. Yep. And, I mean, you're running out of spots. It's Exactly. And Ryan's not a winger. He's he's not going to go play wing. It's he. How many times has it been brought up that he doesn't shoot enough as a center, much less as a winger? winger? Mike Twitter jumps in on the comments. He says uh, the Wild isn't as Prez North as it used to be, but I still stand with the Wild. All right. Hmm. So we got a Preds fan chiming in. Says he stands with the Wild. And, he, and Mike Twitter also says, yes, don't want to get rid of Sissons. Hey, everyone knows that I'm like, it's borderline. Yeah, a little cre- it's <laughs> actually borderline a little creepy how much I'm a fan of Colton Sissons. Like, everyone knows that I'm a fan of Colton Sissons. Like, I've been very clear about that on this podcast. Uh, what's going uh, What Kyle, what's going on in this Kings game? Is, is Victor Arvidsson going to be okay? Have we heard anything about that? He is playing right now. I just saw Good. him out on ice. You talk protect about pretty- RV, protect RV at all costs. I don't think we, we have to ask many Preds fans this. We're pulling for the Kings over the Oilers. Well, yeah, because everybody likes to see Connor McDavid not win because <laughs> he's a robot with no personality and he's AI generated, dude. I mean, he's Chat GPT in human form. I, I think <laughs> I think Elon I think Elon Musk created Connor McDavid in a lab. No, if Elon did it, he'd have a flamethrower or something. Cool. That's, that's a that's a Bill Gates robot All right. right there. Oh, that's even worse. Okay, that's anyway, Windows XP. Um, <laughs> so we're uh, we're only midway through the first period. It's still zero zero. Oilers and Kings. That series is tied one one. They're in Game Three. Uh, the Wild continue to lead the Stars one nothing on a goal from Matt Zuccarello. Man, I always forget about that dude. Zuccarello is a sneaky good role player. Yep. Uh, Ryan Hartman and uh, Kirill Kaprizov get the assist. So I'm telling you, man, that series, dude, has seven written all over it. Oh, I yeah. can see the stars retaking the lead in the second period coming up here. So we'll focus on that. We'll 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 stay stay in touch with that. The how about the Islanders responding and getting a five one win over the Canes in Game Three back home. To make that 6-2-1. That's impressive. I, I really Good didn't think they had that in them. I, I thought it was going to no. be sweet. Good for them for responding, not laying down on the mat. The Islanders were one of those teams that snuck into the playoffs. Kind of like, I've always thought of the Islanders as Preds East because the Islanders are a very defensive-minded team as well. And they don't score a lot of goals. They lean heavily on their goaltender and Sorokin. And, um, well, we all know what it felt like when we played the Canes in the first round (laughs) in that COVID year. Uh, we took that game to six, didn't we? Right. We won two at home. Yeah. We tied it. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So good for the Islanders for, uh, 
at least stealing a game there at home in game three. So they got that series 2-1. Bruins respond after screwing up in game two and getting upset by the Panthers. They win game three, four to two over the Panthers back in the Panthers uh, friendly confines of Sunrise, Florida. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's that's your final scores from Friday night game three action of the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Uh, I still think the Bruins are going to easily dispatch the Panthers in that series. Yeah, I see it going five. I don't. I don't know that. Florida is going to get another win out of that one. Allmark makes 29 saves on 31 shots, so he has a solid game. Taylor Hall scores a goal and an assist. They're just loaded, man. The the, the, the Bruins are just pick your poison. And they still don't have Bergeron. I mean, Pasternak was relatively quiet for his self. He only had a goal. Only. I say that like... That's all he had. But you help you hold Pasternak to just one goal, but you've got other guys who can come in and chip in when he's not when he's not completely dominating. So there's so much skill on that lineup. It's just And then talking about last night's action, how about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Maple Leaf series? I think that's the series everyone's focused on in the East. Uh, at least for me anyway, because, you know, the Maple Leafs, they want vengeance for the for the Lightning knocking them out last year. So, you're thinking about that series. Can the, light, can the uh, Maple Leafs finally get over the hump and I get out not. of the first round? <laughs> get, well, don't, don't tell our buddy Rich that. Well, I know, we know, we know he is a, a Tampa Bay. That dude... I'm going to send him a Tampa Bay jersey in the mail next Christmas. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to send him a Vasilevsky jersey. I, I don't I, I think that <laughs> I don't understand the hate. I mean they're good. No, they're, I, I I totally get it actually cuz he likes the Bruins, man. I mean it, it makes total true, sense. True. Okay, now I get it. Now, when you put it in that Rich, context, it makes sense. Rich, we miss you, by the way, man. We hope I know you. Rich has got some family stuff to attend to. He's spending time with the family. That always comes first. And uh, we threw him a little curveball doing a Friday night episode. Uh, but he'll be back for the next episode. Uh, Rich, we hope you're doing good, even though we still don't understand why you hate the Lightning so much. I will say it's this. Okay. The Tampa Bay fans that I interacted with at the Stadium Series game were some of the nicest fans I have ever met from an opposing team. Yeah. They were all super nice people. So, Tampa fans. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're typically – I mean, I run into them a lot down here where I live now, and they are. I mean, they're, 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 they're more knowledgeable than you would think. Like, I know people think, oh, they're just bandwagon jumpers. But people forget the Lightning won a Stanley Cup in, like, what was it, 2006, 2007? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was it was early in their existence. And mm-hmm. then, it, I mean, maybe they weren't very good for a while, but they've actually been, a, even before they won a Stanley Cup again, they've been a pretty good team for a while. Mm-hmm. So they've got a really strong core fan base down here. 
Uh, and it's a very knowledgeable fan base. And a lot of them actually don't kind of like the Preds. I've, I've, it's kind of weird. Maybe they're just trying to be nice to me when I talk to them. But I get a lot of love when I'm wearing my Preds hat around here, around these parts. They're like, oh, like the Preds, like we kind of like them. Like they're kind of our Western Conference team, you know? So, yeah, it's like a that little mutual sense. respect thing here. So, uh, Rich, how about you ease off a little bit, not hate the Lightning so much? Uh, but that's a fun series, though. That is. Oh, yeah. That's, that's for me – You've got the Lightning Leaf series. You got the Wild Star series. Those are my two series that I'm like, can't miss it. Locked in. Both of those series have seven games written all over them. Although, last night's game, the Lightning slept walk through that game. I don't, you would have thought it was a preseason game the way they showed up for that game. Yeah. Not so pretty. They they've got to figure it out, and I was worried about the Lightning going into the playoffs because they had been playing that way to close out the regular season. They come out in Game One, make a statement, they knock out the Leafs in Game One, steal a game on the road, and I'm thinking, oh wow, they can really make a statement if they take Game Two, and they come in Game Two completely lifeless. I mean, the the Maple Leafs just stomped them. It was over in the first five minutes, basically. And so now you're thinking game three back in Tampa. Who's going to take the who's gonna who's gonna take the upper hand here? That's the pivotal game in this series, is game three. If the Leafs can take game three and take home ice advantage back, I think you can pretty much bury the lightning and say it's over. But if the lightning can take game three. Take retake control of the series. You've got yourself the makings of probably a seven game series. I think game mm-hmm. three is more of a must win for Tampa than it is Toronto. I think so. I agree. I agree. Toronto is probably, I think Toronto's probably the more complete team, but Tampa's got that championship pedigree to them. Yeah. They got Stamkos. They know how they to do that. And Vasilevsky just got freaking cooked. He got cooked in game two. Yeah, he looked that awful. Was weird. I, he looked awful, man. He looked stunned. He looked like he was playing his first playoff game in his career. So Yeah, that's that was a very abnormal performance from Vasi. So I think you're gonna see some drastic improvement there coming into the next game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, other, I mean, other than that, I mean, the playoff series are kind of going kind of the way we kind of expected them. The Seattle Kraken Avalanche series is definitely interesting. I, I'm not surprised at all that the Kraken are going toe to toe with the Avs. The Kraken are a great team. Yeah, they're, they are, they're good. Billy Tovenin scored again, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh. Uh. If if Rich is listening right now, he's probably rolling his eyes. He um, hates being he hates being reminded of the <laughs> Oh man. All right. Well, with that said, how about we reveal our brackets? Oh yeah, I love that. I can see it. Let's uh, reveal our brackets. I'm gonna see if I can share my bracket, my bracket challenge, the, the glitchy NHL app. 
but I should have it. Let's see if I can find it. While I'm finding that, how about, Kyle, how about you tell us who you had as your first-round winners? My first-round winners? So I had Vegas beating Winnipeg. I had the Kings beating the Oilers. The Avs beating the Kraken. And Dallas beating Minnesota in the Western. In the East, I had Boston beating the Panthers. Then I had... Despite what I just said, I had Toronto beating the White. And I had Hurricanes beating the Islanders and the Devils, which is looking like a terrible pick uh, to beat the Rangers. Okay. So, for everyone who's listening right now, we submitted these brackets before the game started. So, I don't want everyone to think that we're, like, submitting our brackets two games into the playoffs. Or anything, but um, okay. So we share in a lot of our picks here, Kyle. But I think there was only one first round prediction that we disagreed on. I'm gonna share mine on the screen. There's my full bracket. It's kind of small. You had Tampa. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. I do. I took a chance there, guys. I took Tampa in seven over. Over Toronto. And I also, it's kind of bro- blocked by the DraftKings logo, but that's okay because DraftKings is our amazing sponsor and they can block whatever they want to block. But I had the Rangers beating the Devils. The Shesterkin effect is why I took them. And then if it's kind of in small print, but on the bracket challenge, they make you pick how many games you think each first-round series is going to go. And uh, so I went with that, and that that was really difficult to come up with. But I had Boston in five over Florida. I I mean, Florida's already taken one, but uh, Boston's up 2-1. I got Tampa in seven over... Over the Maple Leafs, that is my big chance I took in this mm-hmm. first round. Like, I'm going to be very proud of myself if that ends up becoming true. Uh, I took Carolina in five. Islanders just won tonight, so that might not... I still think... I'm still extremely confident that Carolina will win that series. But oh, yeah. maybe, it go, maybe it goes six, maybe. And then I had the Rangers in six. So I need the Devils to step up a little bit because even though I had the, the Rangers to win that series, I think the Devils, they they need to show me something here. Uh, I had the Avs in five. That looks like my worst pick in the first round right now. That was a dumb pick. I'm, I was so wrong on that one. I'll admit it right now. Yeah, whenever I tried to do my bracket challenge thing um, and it didn't take, I had that same – thing set up i had abs and five so yeah. don't feel bad i should have oh. given seattle a lot more respect so that's my worst pick of the first round so far is taking colorado and five uh i got dallas and seven over minutes i think that's the toughest toss-up first round series of the entire playoffs i mean those teams are toe-to-toe take your pick 
you can make an argument for either team. So I took Dallas in seven. We'll see how that goes. A, a really, really good Stanley Cup caliber team is going to lose that series. They're both really quality good teams. Yep. Vegas, Winnipeg. I took Vegas in six. So we'll see. That's another series that's tied 1-1. And then finally in the West, I took L.A. over Edmonton in seven. So that's 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 how I got that's how I'm going with the first round. So I think Kyle, I think we're pretty much on on the same page except for mm-hmm. the Rangers and the Devils series. Or no, you took the Leafs. You took the Leafs over Tampa. I, I took the Leafs and yeah, you took the Devils as or no, I I took the Leafs and the Devils. So so we're two. we're diff, we're we're different on two of the Eastern Conference series. Yep. All right. Let's go to the second round here. <laughs> I took a chance again. I took Dallas over Colorado. I am a big believer in Dallas. If they can put it all together, they can win a Stanley Cup this year. They literally do have a complete Stanley Cup caliber team. They have the goalie. Ottinger is an underrated top five goalie in this league. They've well, got the def- they've got the defense. They're not that's not their particular particularly their strength defensively, but they they're good enough. They're good enough. They're good on special teams, and then their talent, their overall superstar talent with Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Rupe Hints. I mean, they are loaded down the down the line. We're not even talking about veterans, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. I mean, they are just loaded. So if they can put it all together and they can get past Minnesota, which is going to be a challenge, Mm -hmm. then they can win a cup. They can. So that's why I don't even know if Colorado is going to make it past Seattle, but I do take Dallas over Colorado in the second round. And then Vegas over L.A., um, my thing about Vegas is they kind of like Dallas in a way, like they've got the veterans, they've got the talent. I feel like they're going to put it all together to make it uh, Vegas, Dallas, Western Conference final. What are you thinking in your predictions on the second round? Well, looking at uh, your bracket versus mine, our Western Conference is the exact same all the way through. So, Oh, okay. Well, great minds think alike, so it's okay. So, yeah, I'm up with Vegas over L.A. and then Dallas over Colorado. All right. There we go. Let's go to the East then. So, the East, as much as I kind of – so, first of all, here's my thing about Tampa. I got Tampa beating Toronto. Let me just say this. Tampa is not the dynasty Tampa anymore. No. Like, they're not that team anymore. They've got some good players – they're still a great team. They're not the dynasty team anymore. So I don't see them getting past Boston in the second round. I think it could be a good series. Maybe they push it to six. It would be a series worth watching. But I don't think they have enough to get past Boston in a seven-game series. So I got Boston taking out Tampa in the second round. And then I got Carolina beating the Rangers 
in another series that I think could definitely go seven. I think they're two evenly matched teams, but Carolina is is a very balanced depth team that I just think that if they put it all together and play the way they're supposed to play, then no one can beat them. So that's what I got going on in the second round of the East. What did you have, Kyle, in the East? Well, I had had Boston beating the Leafs because I want Toronto to associate Boston with pain. Um, And then I had Carolina uh, beating the Devils. Uh, Just, I think the Devils aren't quite there yet. Maybe in the next two years. They're on, they're on their upswing, so I just don't think they're there yet. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there for sure. Uh, the Rangers are the type of team where you feel bad for them if they fall short again because their window kind of feels like now. But Starting I think their their window will be open next year too. They're going to be around for a little bit. So um, you you kind of look at the Rangers as a team that. They're capable of winning it this year, but the East is a gauntlet. We've talked about this leading up to the playoffs in previous episodes. The East is just, there's going to be a lot of good teams who don't even make it to the to the second round in the East that are that good because the East is that stacked. I think it's way more stacked top to bottom than the West is. I think the West is a little oh, more watered down. Close. Yeah. You think that you think the East is more top to bottom better than the West? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm there with you on that one. Yeah, I'm there. there I'm there with you. All right. So then, here's how I got it going. So I got Dallas and Vegas. We both got Dallas Vegas, right? Yep. Playing in the Western Conference Finals, I got Dallas beating Vegas, and then on the Eastern Conference side, not an easy choice. But I took Carolina to beat Boston in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. I gotta be. I gotta stand with my preseason prediction, Kyle. I'm not completely standing with my preseason prediction though, because I originally had the Canes over the Avalanche, mm-hmm. and I'm breaking away from that. So I'm not I'm I'm taking 50% of my preseason prediction. I'm still sticking with my Canes, who I had winning it all in the preseason on this very podcast. Go check my receipts. I took the Canes. I'm gonna stick with them, but I'm moving out the avalanche. And that was even before the playoffs started. Uh I made this bracket before game one of any series happened. I moved in the Dallas Stars. So I got the Dallas Stars losing to the Canes in the Stanley Cup final. Well, I have the Dallas Stars beating the Vegas Knights to go out of the West. And then I have the Boston Bruins beating the Canes to come out of the East. My reasoning on this is just the veterans from the mm-hmm. Bruins. You've got these guys that have all done it before. You've got Bergeron, who will be back by this point. Um, you've got Marshawn, Krejci, uh these guys know how to win it all, and I think that will be the deciding factor versus the Canes. Um, and then I have Dallas and Boston in the Stanley Cup final. I'm rolling with Boston. Uh, 
I think they're they're just a powerhouse, and if they they're are a team just, of destiny, man. Yeah, they've really at this point. If they don't, the season is kind of a disappointment because well, you, you set the can record. You really for the call most. yeah. But can you really call it a disappointment when, if you go back to preseason predictions, people were saying the Boston Bruins might not even make the playoffs with everything they were dealing with? Yeah, with Marshawn being out forever. Now, and and McAvoy was dealing with his issues. Uh, But I will say that Boston fans don't deal with losing very well. So... Your statement you just made is actually really accurate if you're talking to a Boston fan right now. If the Bruins don't hoist the cup this year after the history-making season they just had, then I can promise you that Boston fans will feel exactly what you just said. Oh, it'll be the yeah, it'll be the exact time you want to take up listening to Bill Burr's podcast. They will feel like it was a major <laughs> disappointment. So you're yes. right. You're spot on there. You are. But me as an outsider looking in, I'm not a Bruins fan. I can I can look at it and think, you know what? You weren't even supposed to have this kind of season this year. So you should still be proud of it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a perspective thing here. It's a perspective thing. But that's, that's why we love the playoffs, man, because it – there's a lot that could happen here. There is no clear cut prediction. So we'll see how it goes, but we both agree that the Dallas stars will be in the Stanley cup for the Western conference. The only thing we really broke apart on is the Canes and the Bruins. Yep. So if this bracket works out though, then we're in for a good one because I'm telling you right now, that's, that's a really good one there. So that's how we're feeling about that. Let's see what's going on with the scores here. Let's let's update you before we tell you about DraftKings. Uh, Stars and Wild, that's the game we're focusing on right now. Mid Coming up midway point of the second period, it's 2-1 to one, Wild over the Stars. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Stars just got a goal just recently to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, You've got a game where it's low scoring. Uh, you got both goaltenders playing a good game, as you would expect. So we will have to focus. Uh, first of all, Kyle, what do you think about the goalie dilemma that the Wild have kind of made themselves? Uh, they they go they go with Gustafsson in game one. Gustafsson gives up two goals, takes it to double overtime. The Wild win on him only giving up two goals, going double mm-hmm. overtime. And then they switch to the Hall of Fame goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury. And I get it. I know that it's kind of like a new thing that's going on in today's NHL where goalie or teams like to flip-flop goalies in the playoffs. But I can't forgive that. No. Not in, not in that. And I love Fleury. And I... I get it. I get the desire to switch to your Hall of Fame goalie in Marc Andre Fleury, but you do not bench Gustafsson after the game he had in game one. You don't do it. You just don't do that. And I think it cost them. 
really badly in game two. Yeah, I, I mean, you look back uh, the year that uh, UC played his first playoffs. Um, Preds didn't look good. I mean, but they stayed with him. And, you know, we had Pekka sitting on the bench. So it's it's tough decision to – but you kind of got to run with who brung you. It's just mm-hmm. – I mean, it's one thing if Gustafson has a shaky game in game one and yeah. the team went and the team wins in despite of him. Like, let's say, like, game one, Gustafson gets roasted for, like, four or five goals, but the Wild still somehow find a way to win. Then, of course, you switch to Flurry, But he gave up two goals, and it went to double overtime, and your team won. Mm-hmm. You don't switch from that. Like, I just don't understand it, and I think it cost him. They've gone back to do, do, uh, do Gustafsson tonight in game three. And he's, I don't want to jinx him, but he's got 10 saves on 11 shots faced. So still kind of early in the game. Hasn't, I mean, to be halfway through the game and you've only faced 11 shots, it's a very defensive game right now. Both teams have not gotten a lot of shots. You're talking about 24 shots on goal midway through the game between both teams. It's a pretty low shot count, especially for. Yes. Teams that have Kirill Kaprizov and Jason Robertson yes. on them. Both teams are 0 for 2 on the power play. Both teams have taken four penalty minutes. Uh, the the Wild are leading and hits 17 to 6. But other than that, it's a very just back and forth defensive who's going to make the first big mistake type of game. And you would expect nothing less from division rivals. So, yeah. Um, very interesting stuff. The Wild are on the power play right now, so we'll see what happens here with that. But, yeah, I thought that was a crazy bad decision to make. And then, of course, Kyle, what about – what did you think about the Duba hit on Pavelski? It, it got was a people, hard hit. It got people really up in arms, man, in game one. It was, that was a hard hit. Yeah. It was a postseason hard playoff hit. Yes. And he and that's how he plays. Duba's always been that type of player. There was a lot of back and forth, man, on social media about this. Um you and then of course wild fans were sharing, okay, so you're mad about Duba, but let's share you the multiple times that Ryan Suter was taking cheap shot cheap shots on Kaprizov. Did you see those? Yeah. Cheap cheap ass cross checks by Suter. Oh yeah. I, you, there's no defending them at all. I, it's just. I, I think Suter's hits are way cheaper than what Duba did. I'm just being honest there. I mean Duba at least Duba is Duba's hit is a bang bang hard hit. I'm not necessarily saying. That it was a legal hit. He should have gotten a penalty. And he did get a roughing penalty for it. But Ryan Suter's hits that I've been seeing on clips that people are sharing, it's just straight up dirty. Yeah. I mean, he's just literally out there not even impacting the play. 
He's just out there cross-checking a guy. It's just yeah. skating. Yeah, there's there's no call for that. It's just I mean, Suter's that's how he is, though. He really has no value anymore as a player. Uh, he was a great defenseman in his time, but really the only thing he serves out there now of value, and Stars fans can't stand him either. He's he's actually a kind of a waste of space yeah. on the ice right now. And he's out there doing cheap shots left and right. So if you're going to compare Suter to Dumba's hit, Dumba's hit was hard. It was a rough hit. I'm not saying it didn't deserve a penalty. It did. But that's playoff hockey. Suter's yeah. hits are not playoff hockey. That's just cheap. Yeah, it's it's Bush League stuff. That Yeah, Bush League is a good way to say it, yeah. So we will we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on this score here. It's still two to one. Uh wild leading the stars. That's a, just a big one. We're uh we're gonna tell you about DraftKings real quick. DraftKings is our official sponsor, and just like the NHL playoffs are going, this is the best time of year if you're a big time sports fan, especially if you love hockey and basketball. The NBA playoffs are going on just like the NHL playoffs. Both leagues have seven-game series. They have the same playoff format. So if you're like a dual hockey basketball fan right now, you got no time to spare. You're you're watching both leagues. You're into both of them. So it's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game. With the touch of a button, new customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So even if you lose everybody, you'll still DraftKings will reward you with a with a bet. And so for me, my NBA matchup, I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but I do like watching the NBA playoffs. Just like the NHL playoffs, you got these seven game series, you got these teams that can't stand each other. I am all in on Memphis Lakers right now. And you got the myth, you got the uh, Memphis Grizzlies chirping at LeBron right now, getting under LeBron's skin, and so that series is tied one-one. So that's the series that I'm focused on right now, and I think that chirping at LeBron is probably a bad idea. If you're the Grizzlies, probably shouldn't be doing that. You've done poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. Just don't do it. Why would you poke one of the best players to ever play the game? So I think LeBron is going to open up a serious can of, yeah, I think we know what I'm talking about, that type of can, on the Grizzlies. But whatever you believe, whatever series you're watching in the NBA, just go ahead and do it right now with our with our DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-DASH. 
H-O-P-E-N-Y, or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boo Hill Casino Resort. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. I felt like I just ran a marathon reading all that. Yeah, that I mean, you've missed like two goals get scored and taken I away. Think I, just ran, I feel like I just ran like six miles, Kyle. All right. What did I miss, man? Um, Wild just scored. Wild scored, got taken away, and then given back. Oh, my God. All right. So there we have it. Good stuff. All right. Here's how we're going to wrap up episode 181. First of all, we were talking about Ryan Johansson earlier, and I didn't really like give my complete thoughts on that. And we also got to talk about Cody Glass and Alexander Carrier. And then we're going to end this episode with a segment on better or worse. And we're going to compare a lot of the non-playoff teams to the Nashville Predators, who are also a non-playoff team, which hurts me to say. But before we get to that, let's talk. I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Ryan Johansson. We we touched on it. Kyle gave his thoughts on it a little bit. Here's my thing. Here's what I would like to see with Ryan Johansson. If you can't find like a really good trade partner, and when I say trade partner, I mean like I don't want to retain a lot of salary in the deal. At that point, I'd rather just keep him. And as long as he's willing to buy into the system and take on a lesser role, which I don't see Ryan Johansson as having a big ego. As long as he's willing to to buy into the system and maybe, I don't know. I, I Like you said, Kyle, the center position is backlogged right now. So it's like, where do you find a place for him? I get all that. Are you really going to put him on the fourth line? It makes it difficult. It makes it really difficult. But I just don't know who's going to take him unless you have to retain some salary. And at that point, would it just be better off just keeping him? So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't think he needs to be in the top six. I don't want him taking spots from Cody Glass or Tommy Novak or Yuso Parson. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. And he's not a winger. He can't play wing. He's not a versatile guy like Duchesne is where he yeah. can play center or wing. So he's kind of stuck right now. He really is on the outside looking in. Yes, very much so. Uh, it could I mean, end up being cheaper to keep him, but... I can't... But like where, like you said, where do you put him? It's yeah, so... It's, it's a very big dilemma right now. It's a very big dilemma. Yes, it's like, are you really going to start him on your fourth line as a center? Is he going to be okay with that? Is he going to, I mean, I just don't see how it's going to work. So we're going to have to focus on that. We're going to have to really keep an eye on that throughout the off season. All right, let's move on to Cody glass and Alexander Carrier. They're your two big restricted free agents. Uh, the predators have already kind of taken care of some of their restricted free agents. They re-signed Michael McCarron and Kiefer Sherwood to Minimum two deals. Lower, yeah, two lower level deals. I have no problem with either of those. 
night. Yeah. Seven seventy five thousand, so nothing major. Uh, more of a prove it year type of deals for them. Let's see what they can do next year. Nothing to write home about, but you're glad that you keep both of them as depth players, if yeah. nothing else. Especially Kiefer Sherwood. I mean, he that dude earned it down the road. He was excellent. So I'm glad to see him. I, I thought Kiefer Sherwood might be in play to get a little bit more than that, personally. Yeah, but it, either way. I'm glad they kept him. Uh, so let's talk about, let's start with Cody Glass first. Because I think Cody Glass is a little bit more straightforward and easy to talk about. Um, you're not letting him go. It, you're getting him no. re-signed. It's a matter of what kind of a contract does he get. What do you think, Kyle? What do you think, what do you think he's earned? I mean, his last contract was a one-year deal. I don't know. If you try to give Cody a longer term deal right now, or you give him more of a bridge to like maybe a two, three year deal uh, to see what what he turns into. I think a bridge deal makes sense for him. Maybe something like two years, uh, two, three years at two to three million. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Uh, I think. I think that would be very fair. Um, and I think if you can come to an agreement on that type of deal, then it, I don't even think it has to go to arbitration at that point. I mean, I think that's – I like really a, don't look for him to go to arbitration. Yeah, I don't think so all. either. He's at 24 years old. I think that he just played his first, like, regular season in, in the NHL. Like, yeah, he played a little bit for for Vegas here and there. But his first consistent playing time year in the NHL just happened. Yeah. So even if it were to go to arbitration, I mean, he's not really in a position of power where he can say, oh, I've earned myself some fat payday. Like, no. he he has earned himself, like you just said, Kyle, he's earned himself that bridge deal where he's definitely, he definitely deserves a raise. He, he, He's, he should not be paid at the minimum anymore. So mm-hmm. you give him, like you just said, Kyle, you give him that two-year cushion, two to three million, not a high risk. The franchise is not going to want to take a high risk on him. Understandably so. Like, you're not, he's not going to get some super long-term deal after he's only no. played one regular year in the NHL. So I think it's a I think it's a negotiation process that honestly should go pretty smoothly, and they should mm-hmm. be able to take care of it pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Alexander Carrier, ugh. I think it's a little bit more tricky. I don't think it's quite as straight cut as Cody Glass. What do you, What are your overall thoughts on that? Carrier is how many years old? Oh. Uh, he is 26 years old. Yeah. So he's not exactly young, young anymore. Um, 733 last year. Hmm. I Where's mean, you look at I- Jeremy Lausanne's making 2 million. Uh, Dante Fabro's making 2.5. I think you put him in the same level as Dante Fabro 
two year, two and a half million. I think that's a very, very good contract extension. Um, Yeah. I think that's fair too. Yeah. I think that what complicates Alexander Carrier's situation is obviously the injury. He didn't get to play a full season. Yep. And hopefully he doesn't take any more fights. <laughs> he he's a lover, not a fighter. That is for and, and I appreciate. I remember that game, man. Like it was yesterday. I appreciate him stepping up. I stick taps for him for trying, but. Yeah, please, it ain't you, buddy. Please, please, Alex. There's other guys out there who will take that fight for you. I know Tanner Janot is no longer on the team, but you still got Cole Smith out there. You still got Jeremy Lasson out there. You got guys who will take fights. Just yeah. step back next time, man. All right, take a step back. That's not your role. But um, I think that's a fair deal for him as well. People forget about Alexander Carrier. This dude is homegrown. He yep. worked his tail off to get through Milwaukee to get up Forever. here. Ever three years, three seasons, which is a long time. I, honestly, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Like for the average guy, for the average prospect, if you're a top end prospect, you're not spending three seasons in the in the AHL. You're getting no. called up before that. That three season mark is kind of like your cutoff point where you're either going to be a lifelong tweener where you're almost always in the AHL unless mm-hmm. there's a lot of injuries or you're going to get called up. So, yeah, for, for Carrier, he got called up. And I think he's been pretty good. He's got a good two-way game to him. He, I love the two-way element to his game. He is yeah. not one-dimensional. Whereas Dante Fabro, he's a little one-dimensional. So... I got to ask you this, Kyle, and I think you'll agree with me here. Who's got the higher ceiling, Carrier or Fabro? I'm going to say Carrier without even having to think twice about it. Yeah, I think you've got to go with Carrier. His offensive side is so much better. Um, Don, and I've hated on Fabro a lot. He played really, really well down the end of this end of the he season. Did. He, he did. Played amazing, but he is not an offensive defenseman in the least. Nope. Um, he so, never will be. They hoped no. he would be. They hoped. Yeah. But that ain't him. You don't see and it and, in and him, that's man. okay. It's okay. It's okay. But huh. you see it in him. You see, you see in Fabro's play, man. Like he is not that type of defenseman. He is he is very He's very smart in his defensive structure. He'll block shots. He's in the right place at the right time. He'll protect his goaltender. He does the dirty work. Yep. He's he's He makes a lot of mistakes exiting the zone, and he's got to clean yes. that up. That's the biggest part of his game he's got to clean up. But if, that, if he fixes that part of his game and he never becomes a big offensive point scorer, then he still has a future in this league. Like, he'll be in this league for a long time. Fabro will be. I agree. But he's like a tweener, second, third pairing defenseman. On the right team, he can play on the second pairing. On a stacked team, he might be a third pairing defenseman. But he's got a place in this league. Alexander Carrier, if he continues to evolve his game, as a two-way defenseman, an offensive driver, a guy who can 
transition the puck and get on the rush, yep. he's got a way higher ceiling than Fabro does, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a huge argument that, yeah, you got to pay this guy. So they're – unless and something Char- – un- go ahead. Uh, Trotz even said that he didn't see any reason why both of those guys should not be back. Yeah, so. unless, unless something unforeseen happens, they're both going to be back. They're both going to be back. Now, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the term is for both of those guys. That could be a little interesting. But, um, yeah, they're both going to be back next year. You have to get both of them back. Uh, absolutely. And if Carrier does indeed resign, then you've pretty much got your top six Defensive yeah. core set. Your your D core set. Yep. I mean, as long assuming everyone's healthy, mm-hmm. uh, you got you got Yossi McDonough, which was the best de- one of the best defensive pairings in the league analytically. Yes. I mean, people forget people forget that they were together as a unit. Yossi McDonough were one of the best people down. in the league. Yeah. So you, that's your hope is that you're rolling into game one of 2023-24 with Yossi and McDonough, Tyson Barry, and uh, what do, what are you thinking? Dante Fabro and Barry? Who's your second? I would do um, um, Carrier, Yossi McDonough, Carrier Barry, um, and Lazan Fabro, Fabro, Fabro. Yeah, and and you can roll with that. I'm totally pleased with that. I think that would I be can, a, That's a solid decor, if you ask me. Yeah. I see no problem with that defensive. And then judging all. with judging with how the season goes next year, Tyson Berry is trade bait. If I you hope not. I'm starting to really like the guy. No, <laughs> I really like him too, but I'm just saying, like, that's in your cards. If, yeah. I think when they acquired him, that was always a possibility. Yes to use him eventually as trade bait. You'd rather that not come to that, but let's say next season is kind of a uh, a bridge and it's kind of like a throwaway. Not I want to say a throwaway season, but let's say maybe next season doesn't go completely smoothly and, and they're way out of the playoff hunt coming into the trade deadline, which could happen with a lot of young players. It could happen. Um, then maybe you deal Barry and you're like, hey, we flip him. We flip him out of that trade. It could happen. But mm-hmm. I like that decor a lot. And then you got Cody Glass. You expect Cody Glass to get even better. Um, There's a lot of reason to think. No one ever said that a rebuild has to be a long rebuild. A rebuild yeah. can happen quick. So they can go in next season and still compete for the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to compete for a Stanley Cup next year. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that. But they can definitely compete for the playoffs next year. So fair. Possible. Let's end. Let's end episode one eighty one with that. And it's actually a perfect segue from what we just were talking about. Better or worse? Let's talk about all the degenerate teams that didn't make the playoffs, <laughs> and the Predators are one of those teams. Uh, uh. All right. We're going to go rapid fire back and forth. I'm going to say a team, then Kyle's going to dish me a team. I will start. We're going to di- we're going to give each other non-playoff teams. 
and we're going to answer each other on are the Predators better or worse off than that non-playoff team? I'm going to give you a really tough one to start off here, Kyle. I think you already know what's coming up here because it was a team that we eliminated from playoff contention. Calgary Flames. Better or worse Mm. off, Predators? Yeah, I figure I'll just come out swinging. I'm going to say better because Calgary's kind of... Okay. I don't know. That one's kind of a wash to me because they're doing all this restructuring of their organization and changing general managers too. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see. I would say that the Predators are slightly better off right now than the Flames. I think the Flames are in a lot of trouble because they made that big trade. They got rid of Matthew DeChuck, brought in Huberto, and it didn't all pan out. Not, so, not like it should have. So, I'm going to hit and you with a good one. All right, give me a good one here. Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, that was the one I was going to ask you next, so now i got to remove <laughs> that one. All right, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm going to say that the Predators are better off, and here's why. The, the Penguins, their shtick is done. All right, they still got Crosby, and he had – one of his better seasons he's had as a pro, which is incredible. Everyone talked about Ovechkin. Crosby, look at his numbers. Some of his best numbers he's had in like the last 10 years individually. But the team around him has gotten really bad. Really They're bad. Old. Yes. that They have sold the farm on how far can Crosby, Malkin, and a few other guys, how can they? How far can they take us? And I don't. I, I see them going into a way deeper rebuild than the Predators are about to go into. They have no prospects. Uh, they don't have a goalie. They don't have a goalie they can truly trust, yeah. like we do. At least we have Soros to carry us through some of this. Yeah. So yeah. I say that the Predators are better off right now than the Penguins, but it's. It's still a tough one, but I think they're better off. All right, here's mine for you. I'm Vancouver. Oh, I think the Preds are much better off. Vancouver's a tire <laughs> fire at the moment. They're a tire, they're a tire <laughs> fire. Are we thinking? Are we? This is this is like a Simpsons uh, reference here. The tire fire. Yeah, they're just. Vancouver is chaos. It's just but, but Vancouver was like they were like a borderline playoff team going into the season. Like God, they they crashed and burned yeah. like so quick. Yeah, it was we thought the Predators crash was bad. The I don't Vancouver. I don't think I don't think a organization has crashed and sank so quickly since nineteen twelve when the Titanic sank. Lord. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the last time. That's how bad the Vancouver Canucks are. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. So, so that was kind of a softball. I just threw you there. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw you another hard one. All right. Washington Capitals. Oh. Oh. 
I'm going to say, I hate to say this, but I got to be objective here. I think the Capitals are in slightly a better position than the Predators just because I don't know if Ovechkin's ever going to retire. Yeah. He's going to play. And they when still he's got Ovechkin. And they've got, and, and comparing them to the Penguins, I actually think that Capitals have a better team around Ovechkin. Oh, yeah. Than the Penguins have around Crosby. So. I will give the Capitals a slight edge over the Predators in term, uh, terms of who's better off. I, I couldn't believe the Cap, Capitals missed the playoffs this year. That was a shocker to me. Yeah, the out East of all the just... Eastern. Yeah. I mean, you look at that. You look at the Capitals. They finished with a 35, 37, and 10 record. They finished with 80 points. The Predators finished with 92. The Capitals really fell apart down the stretch. I mean, they were in the playoffs for a big part of the season, mm-hmm. and they just they just fell apart there at the end. So um, I think they'll be back next year. I think they're one of those teams that'll they'll they'll hang they'll be in the playoff bubble again next year. They're not mm-hmm. going to completely fall apart and become irrelevant. Uh, but that was a good one. I'll, I'll put them slightly ahead of the Predators, but not by much. I think that's fair. All right, all right. We'll each do one more for each other. All right, mine for you is this is a tough one. Where there's a lot of Eastern Conference teams here, but I'm going to throw you another Western Conference team because I think it, this one's a tough one. It's another conundrum in the Western Conference that we can't figure out why. St. Louis Blues. I think the Preds are better than the Blues because they don't have Jordan Bennington. Uh, no. <laughs> I, just, All right. I don't know. They the organization. That's another that's another really disappointment. I had the Blues contending for second place in the division this year. So I will eat crow on that one. Yeah. I gave the St. Louis Blues way too much credit in the preseason. Yeah, I think we all had the Blues up a little bit higher than what happened. It just seems like a lot of mismanagement going on there it's well really... i mean they traded they they traded tarasenko away to yeah. uh which he wanted out he that that marriage he's wanted out for a sour. long time and they they sent him to the rangers and tarasenko's doing just fine there yeah. um and you look at yeah bennington i mean dude that dude is such a crybaby i can't get over it like i think that as soon as bennington if, if bennington ever leaves the blues organization Blues fans will turn on him in a heartbeat. Oh, the only reason blue instant. The only reason Blues fans defend Bennington is because he wears a Blues jersey. Yep. Absolutely, hundred percent. My so. my buddy my buddy Mason, who's been on this podcast, I love that dude. He, I, we got to get him back on here, man. He, I've drilled him on Bennington before, and even he is like a little hesitant. <laughs> to talk about Bennington. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like they're kind of stuck with him. Yeah. And we don't know how that feels as Preds fans because every goalie we've ever had around, we're blessed with great, honorable, classy goalies in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know how we don't know how it feels to have a a punk between the pipes. We don't know how that feels. We're blessed. Yeah. So all right. M- my last one for you. Is another team that is going with some youth, but they also have the Iser plan. 
Detroit Red Wings. Oh, that's a tough one, man. That Uh, is a tough one. That's I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, Who? Oh, I got to pick one or the other. I'm going to say the Red Wings are actually because I believe in eyes. The only reason I say that is Eisenman has a head start on trots in terms of being in the seat. And Eisenman's plan is a long-term plan he's been building up for a while. I'm actually a firm believer in the Red Wings doing it the right way. And they're trusting, they're trusting the process. We make the joke about the, I think it's the 76ers in basketball. They always make this joke about trust the process. And it's like the 76ers have sucked for like decades. And they always say like, trust the process. Well, I actually think that that's what the Red Wings are doing. And uh, I will put the Red Wings slightly ahead of the Predators as as far as better or worse off right now for non-playoff teams. Just because I think, I believe in Stevie Eiserman as a genius. I think he's one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um. I, and the reason why I brought them up is they're just a little bit farther ahead on that journey to rebuild. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're so much they good young the, talent there. They finished in the same standings as the Capitals this year. But I, uh, the Red Wings have a lot of young players that if you're a Predators fan and you don't really follow the Eastern Conference that much, you might not even have heard of some of these guys. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, that's understandable. I mean, it's it's hard to keep up with every freaking team in the league. But the Red Wings are a team that's building something, kind of like what the Avalanche did. Yep. The, and the reason why we know how the Avalanche did it is because we had to face them in 2018, and we were very lucky to beat them in six games, and that was when the Predators were at their peak. They had won a President's Trophy that year. And I remember scratching and clawing to beat the avalanche in six games, the young avalanche. And I remember seeing Nathan McKinnon and the look that dude had in his eyes. And even though we beat them in six games, I remember thinking that team is coming. That team is coming for the league. And I kind of feel in a low key way. I feel that way about the red wings in a way. I think they could be the next one up their next man up They're They're on deck. Like they're waiting. So I'll put them slightly ahead of the Predators right now. Yep. Out of non-playoff teams. Another team I had hanging around there. I mean, we didn't mention these teams, but you got Buffalo, Ottawa, a lot of Eastern Conference teams out there. Um, Ottawa is a team that was a big disappointment. Everyone thought Ottawa was going to take a step forward this season. So that that's more of a disappointment. They're, they're a team that's kind of trending down. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo is I, looking not bad. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to put my finger on Buffalo right now. I don't know, but the Predators are right there in the midst of those types of teams next year. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be a dumpster fire. They're not going to be a complete like bottom feeder, tear it all down type of rebuild team like the San Jose Sharks are or mm, the yeah. Anaheim Ducks. Like I don't think they're going to fall that far. So. A lot of it's predicated on what happens this offseason. Let's see if Trotz makes a uh, maybe one free agency signing. I think the Preds are going to be pretty quiet in free agency. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think they need to do much in free agency. Uh, they can get a veteran. I, I'm not opposed to them finding a veteran if it's if it's not a risky deal. 
Yeah, something safe. I don't think they need to be going out and trying to make any splashes. No, but. they're not. They're not in a position to do that right now, and it wouldn't make sense. And in, in, no. in this, in the it, the the message they made this season by selling at the deadline, it would not make sense to turn around in the off season and make some splashy, uh, risky addition. That would not make any sense. No. So, all right, everybody, this has been a really awesome episode to set the table for the offseason cruising right in Stanley Cup playoffs our next episode we will dive more into the what's happening with the playoffs we got some good draft content coming with you later this offseason as well on Catfish on Ice we appreciate all of you watching throughout the season it's been a lot of fun it looks like it's the second intermission the Wild are still 3-1 to one over Stars Watching that throughout the night. Kings and Oilers are tied <laughs> midway through the second period. So there you have it. All right, guys. Take care, everybody. Kyle's been a lot of fun, man. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, dude. You too. All right, everybody. Take, stay safe. Take care. We will see you next time on Catfish on Ice, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook.